Those are the deals that you look for, right? And those are the relationships. I always say in, the, in this multifamily game, I, this is why I love it, is because it really is a good old boys, and, and it, whether you like it or hate it, that's the game. And if you're good at relationships, which I believe I am, you get to win a lot more than the other guy. You're listening to Ice Cream with Investors, a podcast that is dedicated to teaching you how to better invest your money so that you can live a more intentional life. I'm your host, Matt Four, and it is my goal to teach and empower you to remove the roadblocks to your financial success. All right, Corey, welcome to the show. Man, Matt, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on here. You got it. You got it. Well, you know we like to start with the difficult questions here. Yeah. What's What's your favorite ice cream? Man, I'm a Rocky Road kind of guy. I like okay. a lot of stuff in my ice cream. <laughs> do you, so that's the one with the marshmallows, right? That's it. And then nuts. And, and do you put toppings on it because it already has marshmallows and toppings? Or are you no, just you straight just up Rocky Road? Straight up Rocky Road, bro. Okay. Okay. Do you have a, a good ice cream place that you would recommend for our listeners? Uh, you know, <laughs> this is now this is sad because I love ice cream, but I've not had ice cream in such a long time because I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah. And if I do buy ice cream, it's at Fry's. So I just go to the local grocery store and find some Rocky Road. And uh, when I was younger, it used to be Napoleon, Napoleon or whatever. You know, the things you buy, the cheap stuff that you buy, because that's what my parents trained me on. Yep. Uh, I've got a little finer uh, sweet tooth, you know, (laughs) in in, in that time since. (laughs) Yeah, I remember sitting down as a kid with like the Napoleons and just pounding a quart. Uh, and now looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I I don't think I could do that today. (laughs) Um, well tell our listeners, what's the scoop? What do you do today? Man, I am a full-time multifamily investor and, um, really recently what we've done our scoop this year. And I think our, our biggest story is being vertically, vertically integrated, taking over property management. Um, I have said numerous times that I would never, never do it. And I think it's going to go down as the best thing I've ever done in 2023 and the last 10 years. So we um, we don't do any vertically integrated property management on our multifamily stuff. Tell me about that experience. Well, first, let's define it. What does vertically integrated mean? Then we'll go from there. Yeah, it just means that you're you're taking over all the day-to-day operations of your assets, right? You've, you now are no longer relying on third-party management companies. You are now that, right? And... That means people and tenants and toilets, okay? And nobody in their right mind would say yes to that, right? Unless you're a little crazy like me. Um, But I think you, as you grow in this business and you start to get a certain size, that vision has changed where I used to think it would be a problem, but I hire now people to handle those problems, who, not how, right? And I don't do the day-to-day. I hire great people that can and want to. And, um, and what, we've, what we've realized is this. People make or break your business. And so if that's the case, why wouldn't I want to be involved in that the most important aspect of my operations? And that's the people component because they will make or break your properties. 100%. And the right people will make you millions. Hundred percent. What what have you learned through that process? It's a lot easier to say the words than to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the um, reason we've stayed away. Yeah, but I will tell you this: it's been the most uplifting and most um, 
there's a book called uh, A CEO Does Three Things by Trey Taylor. And I will swear by that book. And he talks about people, numbers, and culture. With the main thing is you need to be understanding your people and culture. Culture, to attract people, you've got to create the right culture. And those are the three things that I really focus on now as the CEO of my company. And it has been a game changer. When I really started focusing on who are we? What are our words? How do we do it? What's, uh, what is our culture? Like we have this thing called, uh, the Dekind attitudes, right? And these are the things that we want to display to this is how we are. And the first one, you know, these are Hawaiian words, uh, which is the first one's, uh, be the kind, the kind. It's a Hawaiian word, but it's uniquely special, the kind. If anything's cool in Hawaii, you'd be like, yo, bro, that's the kind. And so, um, and so we want our people to be the kind, show up, show out. Uh, you know, our second one is, uh, give them, give them, bro, right? That's like full send. If you're seeing some Hawaiian guy on a wave, he's like, give them, bro, right? Go for it, right? That way may wa- take you out, but you're going to have, you know, like, go for it. And that's our warrior's cry, right? Um, be Ohana, right? The rocks, Lilo stitched, the rocks said family. No one gets left behind. This is our work family, right? And th- those things really mean, that means something. We, we spend more time with the people we work with than the people at home a lot of yeah. times, right? And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, last one is give choke praise. Choke is a lot or a bunch of. And my favorite one is, uh, we make it mo better, right? We are, we will always be a work in progress. And so those are kind of our, the kind attitudes and things that we really put on display and that we want to reward that behavior. So a lot of folks listening might think that culture is a little bit fluffy, but I agree with you. It drives an organization. And when you have good culture, you know it. And when you have bad culture, you definitely know it. But culture is is a hard thing to develop, let alone breed, because I think it's something that you could set the vision for, but people ultimately have to implement. So how, how, when you went on this journey of developing a culture with inside your own company, like, how did you do it? Starts with the hiring process, right? So I, on all my new hires, um, I started, I have a, an interview process that their, our first interview is about our core values and the, the kind attitudes. It's about an hour long and it's 90% of me talking and I go through it. I give them very specific, um, stories of like our core values, like excellence. We'll talk about what excellence means, but I'm going to give a story that happened within my company and what it, what exactly that looked like. And then it's called calling the question, right? So like one of the stories is uh, Devon, my controller, um, you know, her story of excellence is we, we were launching a payment for all our investors, new system, and it didn't go out on Friday like it was supposed to. A, it was a bad idea to even have it on a Friday, but we did, right? But she was like, dude, not going to happen on my watch. On Saturday and Sunday, she's calling me like, I'm on the phone. I'm solving the problem. I'm going to fix the issue. Damn it, on Monday. So she's working on Saturday and Sunday, burning midnight oil, right? And so I call it calling the question, but it's like, would you work a Saturday and Sunday if you had to? All right, to yeah. take care of the company. We don't want to, but sometimes that's what's required. And that's part of our culture. That's who we are as a company. Do you throw any kind of like test in there on that? Because I know... Um 
Zappos, for instance, had a uh, long history of the first week people were going through new hire, they offer them 500 bucks to quit kind of thing. Yeah, do you well, do anything like that? No, but we start off with this. This is, this is how we start off the whole interview, the first interview. Um, I'm going to try to convince you that we're not the right company for you. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. That's my goal is to weed you out because you will either like it or you will not like it, right? Because our people, they're special. Right. And when we have a certain way that we do it and it either is with you or it'll rub you the wrong way. And it won't be me that it's going to rub you. It's going to be all my staff. Cause if you're not in line with us, you're going to be against us. And that is going to be an awful pressure and you will not want that in your life. And so that's, it's kind of, it's, but it's a different tone. And then there's homework, right? Every, we have four interviews you have to go through and there's homework on each interview. And um, so it's, it's just, it's a great way to build, that is building the culture, right? And yeah. so when they go through that, the gauntlet and all the stories, and then if they come into our company and they see it, now they start to bleed it. They, they bleed our kahuna red, right? And they start saying things like the kahuna way, right? And so that's, and those are words. We've chose those words, by the way. What what's with the uh, Hawaiian background? Are you from Hawaii? Well, so the great story. Uh, yes, I wish I was. I'm not, but that's where my life changed forever. Is about what 22 years ago, 23 years ago, my girlfriend, now my wife of 21 years, we went to Hawaii. My mom was married to a man named Bruce. I call him Bruce Wayne. Okay, he wasn't Batman, but he had a lot of money. And um, we get to Hawaii, and this guy's got a house right on the beach, Matt. And it was amazing. I'd never seen that much money. At that time, I was like a used car salesman. I didn't get the download from the mothership. Right? I was just like, dude, this guy's got money. And he had time, too. Time and money. Like, both. Two that great was, resources. I'm just, most people have one. And so he's got them both. And I'm like, what do you do? And then he said the magic words. He said he was in real estate and he owned apartments. And uh, so I left the island thinking he was the big kahuna, right? I mean, it, it was it was magical. And then about three months later, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Bruce. Bruce is a real estate investor. And I was sold because Bruce was self-made as well. And I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And I had a real live person that I, that I saw reached it. So I knew it was possible. Yeah. How old were you when he entered your life? 32. Did he, did that moment change the trajectory or? Oh yeah. Yeah. That that changed my life forever. Like that was, that was it. I I left, I started, I read every book I could. It's like 2003, 2004. I mean, you know how it is when you really go on a journey. Like I read everything. I was Barnes and Nobles. This is back. I'm dating myself now. Barnes and Nobles. Right. When Barnes, like, so I get to Barnes, Barnes and Noble every day and I just consume so many books. Finally, I was like, I'm done reading books. I got to do something. I was like, I got to create a company and you know, I'm ready to do it. What do I call it? And I just went back to like Bruce and the big kahuna. And I was like, I'm going to name my company kahuna investments because I want to be the big kahuna like Bruce. Yeah. And so it's crazy because now this thing's taken on the whole, a whole different meaning. Now it's embodied what I believe is who I am. People call me the Kahuna. They don't call me Corey. They call me, Hey, what's up Kahuna? And because I live 
the the principles that Bruce taught me, which is time and money. I, I want to have a life and a lifestyle that is that people can say he lived well. Yeah. Was he a resource for you along your journey too? As you, no, were I wish he got better than that. That's Bruce was a grumpy old man. My mom was really pretty mad. So don't judge my mom. Okay. She got me to Hawaii. <laughs> that's, that's where to start. And, and it's funny is I've tried to seek, you know, they're no longer married, of course, but, um, I've tried to find them out cause I really wanted to show them what I've done. Um, and I've just never been able to reconnect, but I, it would be very special if I could show him that little seed that he planted because it was a little mustard seed. It was, it was tiny, but I, I took that and I grew it and I, I kept it. I, I hid it from most people because you know how it is, Matt, when you have a dream and you share it with somebody, they just want to stomp on Destroy it. Destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was very careful in who I shared my dream with. And the one that gave me the most juice was my, my wife. She believed me when no one else would or could. And if it wasn't for her, I would not be nothing. So my, my real success is the, is when I went full time and I said, you know, you do it. I'll go earn some income and, uh, I'll let you do the, you be the risk in the relationship and I'll support it. Good support vehicle right there. Yeah. So what does your portfolio look like today? We've got about $250 million of assets, uh, seven of seven, 10 projects, seven are student housing, um, college, um, where we rent to college kids, right? Which is really kind of crazy. It's, it's, it's been a, that's been a roller coaster because we started buying before COVID and then COVID happened. <laughs> you want to talk about getting punched in the scrotum. Yeah. Right? You had, you have seven today. How many did you have when COVID happened? Three. And what markets were those in? Evansville, Indiana, um, Warner Robins. Yeah. Yeah. Columbus. Yep. Yeah. Columbus, hmm. Georgia, uh, which is uh, Columbus State University. And um, where was my other one? Um, I can't remember where the third one is at that time, but like, uh, oh, I think it was CEV, uh, Oklahoma, right? Uh, Weatherford, Oklahoma. Now, these are smaller markets. Um, D2, one was D3, right? Um, and so during that time, man, I went from, I had one probably as 100% uh, Eagles Village, right, is over at S, uh, in Evansville. 100% three years in a row on year four, COVID happens, and it goes to 45%. Wow. Because they just said, we're not even having classes, attend online. Wow. And you're like, Ugh! and how do you live on 45%? You don't. We got so skinny so hard, and um, I had to get a, a loan workaround forbearance plan. Um, how I still have that property today is by the grace of God, right? I kept it so, alive. So I was going to say, I bet the Oklahoma and Evansville one got hit pretty hard. I bet Columbus fared decently well, if not yeah. the best out of all three of those. It did. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's funny, gotcha. but that's it. And so, but what happened is I've always been one of those that realize where the pain's at and then buy in the pain. So that's why I have four more properties <laughs> is I bought the pain during that time. So I now I'm in uh, ECU, which is Greenville, North Carolina. Yep. Um, I've got um, one in uh, Virginia or Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. It's called Slippery Rock. It's a $40 million asset. It's a big one. Um, and um, a couple others. And so by doing that, I mean, dude, we're, we're doing now the markets change and it's really good. 
All right, all our properties are healthy. The only caveat to that is smaller schools keep getting smaller. Bigger schools keep getting bigger, right? So uh, the lessons that I've learned now is we try to buy 10,000 or 12,000 minimum student bodies, right? Yeah. Um, would rather have 20,000 students, like a decent size college, real, real school. And, but man, the one I have in, uh, I have one D1 school, that's East Carolina University and, um, ECU. I would be hard pressed to not lease that property up each and every year. It'll just lease up because with a six, five to six percent increase year over year over year over year. And do you rent by the room or do you rent by the apartment? Yeah, by the room, by the bed, by the bed. Gotcha. And it's personally so guaranteed by mom and dad. That's where I was going. Yep, they sign off on it. They do it for 12 months out of the year, even though they're only school for nine months. They signed a 12-month lease from August to August, I'm personally guaranteed, and, and which is great because then mom and dad pay. Mom and dad pay for all the damage, like if – if kid's stupid and punches holes in walls, mom and dad pay. Like, it's just a great model. Um, and it, it really is fun. It's a lot more fast-paced than regular multifamily, put it that way. Yeah. So I have this theory about, like, universities coming out of COVID that the big would get bigger, right? So Harvard, Yale, uh, Ohio State, University of Tennessee, they're not going anywhere. No. The second tier schools, which I would call like an East Carolina, a Radford, Virginia, a uh, Middle Tennessee State, I don't think those are really going anywhere either. However, when you start working down the stack to less than 5,000 uh, students, definitely less than 1,000, those are the kind of universities that we're going to ex see extreme pain and then get consolidated by the big state school. Yep. Or unless they, for some reason, were like remarkable for one sort of for thing one and, had niche. A, yeah, niche. and had a notoriety there. Yep. Yep. So are you seeing that today? Like, what's your, when you're looking at these properties, how do you decide a market? Hey, fellow investors, before we dive into our next segment of the show, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about a fantastic opportunity for you to invest with me. As you know, here at Ice Cream with Investors, I'm passionate about real estate investing and helping you navigate the exciting world of wealth creation through real estate. And that's why for the first time, I'm thrilled to tell you about an opportunity for you to invest alongside of me. Over the past three years, I've been investing in multifamily, mobile home parks, car washes. I've even become the bank and lent out money to fellow real estate investors on a short-term basis. And now you can come join me. If you would like to jump on a call and learn more about this opportunity, head to icecreamwithinvestors.com slash invest and find a time for us to connect. And now back to the show. So it's funny. Um, we do look at that now. So now we, when the first, in the beginning, I, I just like I bought on it, but now I'm way smarter than I was when I first bought it. So like anything, sometimes as real estate investors, you jump in and just shoot fire aim, you know? And so, um, that's usually Corey's a maverick. So I usually see it. I'm like, Oh, that's, we'll make it work. And then you start realizing later on, you're like, okay, I need to put more metrics in, in it. So that's what we're doing now. So today we would definitely want to see a 10,000 um, person school. And we would, then, then it's really about how close to you are to the property, to the college are you? Now, in most of our assets, we're right next door. So in these smaller schools that we've bought, we are the closest to the school, right? Like the very first one. 
And so that's how you stay fools. You got to be, you got to be that. Because anybody behind you or farther away is going to be have a harder problem. They're going to yep. experience it worse than you will. And so, and then we're just making sure, uh, um, and we'll probably sell some of those are early. Um, I mean, probably next year, the year after we'll get some of those we've held for now. It's going on five or six years. So it'll be time to exit, um, those and we'll probably will exit those and look to buy bigger schools. Right. Um, so don't have to be D one, but it would be better if they were, but I still like the, you know, the South, the South, the Midwest, if they're in the right schools, like Norman, uh, you know, you know, gosh, anything Oklahoma, I love all Tulsa schools, right? I mean, just you got to find the right deal, the right uh, upside. We, but we just bought a deal. Here's what's crazy. We just bought a deal that's uh, in Columbus State uh, or Columbus, Georgia, that we our property is the closest to the college there. And there was a property that went um, on online auction right behind us. And the broker had called me and said, hey, you should probably buy this property. So we started looking at it. I was like, dude, I think we, you're right. I think we should buy it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we actually won the bid. And this is crazy. It's a bank-owned REO. It's been in receiver, receivership for three years. And I bought it at about $2 million less than what I think is truly valued at. Amazing. Got a smoking deal. That's what I'm starting to see now. People that are selling now, Matt, have to sell. Yes. Yes. They're selling yeah, for a reason. A, no one's yeah, selling because they want to. Well, and I was, um, I tell this story to a couple of people, like, but I was up in New York here recently talking to some debt brokers and different things like that. And I was asking, like, how do you guys see the market right now? And they said, look, everybody has broken their covenants. Their DCR ratios, their loan-to-value ratios, all those sorts of things. Everyone has broken them. What we don't want to hear from is the people that call us when they've already done their capital calls. They've, they're 30 days away from a payment, and they say, hey, I can't pay. And so I think to your point, like the people that are selling are the people that have mismanaged property, mismanaged their debt broker relationships, and mismanaged their investor base. Yeah. Everyone else is finding a way to make it work through this choppy time um, because I'm sure you know there's trillions of dollars coming up for expiration in the yes. next two years. And so what so is going to happen to that? It's so all those bridge yeah. loans that are coming due. And like I'm re- I just retired one. I'm retiring three in the next two months. Um, and I can't wait to get out of those loans. My God, right? Now, I, I have rate caps in all of them. So I'm, and I'm, actually, I'm going to, on, on one, I have a rate cap till October of 24. And I'm going to refi next month. And I'm going to, I'm going to ride that cap rate for, you know, a good 10 months and just get, instead of it going to the bank, uh, that we had it, now it's going to come to my pocket. And I'm just going to be like, that's, that's just extra cash flow. Right. Yep. Beautiful. Right. But, um, um, but here's the thing too. When I think about buying in today's market, the fundamentals of real estate have not changed, Matt. We still have a undersupply of housing. Um, the only difference is everything's about 20% less now because insurance is now priced into the marketplace. I mean, and if you don't think insurance is a game changer, it's went up 100% in some markets. Like I have gotten and pulled down and grabbing my ankles on some properties, man. Like it's bad. It didn't feel good. And I'm like, geez Louise. So all that's priced into the new deals now. Has to. 
right? Those those yep. things are so. If you can cash flow at today's interest rate with and, and the values have had to come down to, to make deals work. Um, so if you can cash flow today, if you have a long term outlook five to seven years, right now is the time to buy. Yeah. So, but the job is always the same, Matt. You have to find needles in the haystack. That's the that is the job of acquisitions, always and forever. Find needles in haystacks. How are you all doing that today? Um, broker relationships is an unfair advantage, Matt. When you have about three to five great brokers, and I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the guys that you go out and go hunting with or you talk and you you ride motorcycles with. Like, these are my friends. It's a little different, right? Do you think that I get to see deals before other people? The answer is yes, I do, right? Why? Because they know I can close. They know my buy box, right? Now, they know what, also, they know what's not my buy box. So if it's in my buy box, I'm going to see it first. And, um, you know, those are the deals that you look for, right? And those are the relationships. I always say in, the, in this multifamily game, I, this is why I love it, is because it really is a good old boys. And, and it, whether you like it or hate it, that's the game. And if you're good at relationships, which I believe I am, you get to win a lot more than the other guy. Yeah. And look, like it or hate it, that's the way the world works, right? Relationships yeah. matter. Relationships win. It's not... Who you know, it's who knows you. Yeah, you know, and how well you know them. And if they're, you know, and, and listen, sometimes they'll give you some insider information. I always ask for it. I'm like, you know, what does it take to win, right? And then they say, if, can I do it? Sometimes I lose, right? Some of those times those deals come back, right? Um, again, it's just a process. And so how many deals do you have to do to be successful? The way I structure my, I own most of my GP. Um, and I, I, I structure my deals differently than most everybody out there when I have, I have fixed rate of returns to my investors, but, um, I don't have to do a lot of deals. I don't have to, I make majority of the money when I, when I, if I go and hit a home run, Corey makes the majority of the money. So one to two deals, three deals a year, that's smoking. Yeah. I'm happy with one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I did three, that's like hitting Nirvana. Yeah. I want to transition us real quick. I know we were chatting beforehand that you wrote, recently wrote a new book that's launching soon called Trust But Verify, and it's talking through kind of this idea of like how do investors gain access to uh, understanding good operators. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about the book and why did you decide to write it? Yeah, so Trust But Verify, uh, let's see, there it is, The Passive Investor's Guide to Evaluating Real Estate Syndicators. Um, I wrote it because I feel like there's so many people out there that want to invest into real estate like us, right? And I used to be a financial advisor, by the way. I don't know if I shared that with you, but I used to be a, a financial advisor in a, a previous life. And in that stock market, mutual funds, roller coaster, people hate it. And I think they're looking for alternatives. And so I, if that's, if you want to get off the roller coaster, then the question is, well, what should I know? What should I look out for? People that come into this business, um, and they meet, you know, someone like Matt or Corey, they should have some fundamental questions that they should be able to ask or here's what I should be asking because, and so I just kind of pull out, pull out the kimono and say, this is what you should be looking for. And um, so I wrote it for investors specifically, passive investors, because I was like, dude, this is something that I wish I had, would have had 
when I first started making some investing uh, decisions with other people. Yeah, I um, I definitely think we were chatting beforehand. That is the missed opportunity in this space. There's a lot of investors that I talk to that are like, hey, I want to do real estate, and they don't even know what to start with with questions. And the idea that you would hand over 50, 100, 200 grand to somebody and not really truly understand what you're doing um, is a miss on everybody's part in that sense. So I think this is going to be one of those books I read, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have written that book. Yeah. Well, I'll do your guest, uh, everybody on your podcast, a favor. If you'll text the word book, to 480-500-1127. Uh, my team will ship you uh, a, a copy of it for free. Perfect. Say the number again real slow just yeah, so people yeah, can yeah, grab it. Yeah. Text the word book to 480-500-1127. It'll give you some prompts and uh, follow it and then my team will uh, send you a book. Awesome. We will link that in the show notes too. But before we let you go, Corey, we switch it now to the last round. We call this the four toppings. Our first one is, what is your favorite book, not named Trust But Verify, that you have read that's given you a paradigm shift? Uh, CEO Does Three Things by Trey Taylor, right? Yeah. I, I, I have that book right there. Um, you know, you, there's a, that's the one recently, right? Because that that gave me, like, I need to become a CEO. When you really, that's, that's what you really need to be. You got to have some insight on what you need to be looking at. And that book's opened up so many and opened up my mind on what I should be looking at, what I should be paying attention to. I love it. I've never heard of it. So I'm going to have to check it out after the show. Yeah, you'll like it. Our second one is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I got that from my dad and my dad said, hustle in everything you do. You know, my dad would say, listen, son, when a uh, you know, coach says run around that light post He's like, uh, you're first. The only way you're not first, and you should be hitting it, like getting it, like really getting it, right? Um, and the only the only way someone beats you is they have to physically beat you. In life, showing up and really showing up, right, will define you. And um, and so that was something he told me very early on. And uh, I'd always have some people that would that would they would try to hang with me. And sometimes they'd beat me once or twice, but they couldn't do it all day, all practice, each and every day, right? And so that was the lesson that I learned that you may be stronger or faster, but you'll never outwork me. I will always, and that is something I've te- kept to my core. Um, and people that are successful, understand they understand this, right? If you want to be successful, this is that's one of the requirements. Yeah, I uh, I think our listeners know I do Ironman triathlons, and the reason why I love that sport so much is you just can't naturally be good at it. Like it's going to humble you every day. So the people that win are usually ones that have put in the most work overall. You know, my high school. Uh, I mean, I know I'm from West Plains, Missouri, right? So like the Ozarks, true Ozarks, and we have a uh, our high school is known for cross country. And Matt, you will appreciate this. No one understands what cross country, the pain. And like when you're talking about triathlons, these kids would wake up at five in the morning, four in the morning, go run, go to school, get off school, go run some more. And we took states so many years. It was like the thing. And in and, and that school, in that high school, if you wanted to go to college, your best chance was to cross country. And yeah. dude, to watch what they did, I'm telling you, <laughs> It is painful. It is yeah. the amount of pain you have to go through to get good. And cause that's all it is. It's, and the reason we were so good is in the Ozarks, you have hills. 
Yeah. Everywhere. Right? Yeah. Right. I always tell people like, if you want to run faster, just start running hills. It, yeah. It <laughs> Our third one is what are you most proud of in your life? Uh, I'm most proud of being a full-time dad. Um, I got in this business for time and money and I have used that. Well, I've used my time well and passed the baton. Well, right. I would tell you that my, my son understands the hustle concept, just like my dad taught me, I taught him. And so, but I had to be physically there to show him, right? I was my kid's uh, coach. Coach, I coached my soccer for four years. Uh, my son's football uh, in his soccer when they were young. I was there at that early age when they really needed dad to be there. And all the other dads were not there. But I was there on the field with them. And I watched some amazing sunsets, you know, on the field. Uh, probably the best times of my life were in those that age period of, with my kids. Yeah, so speaking there. speaking of books, I'm finishing editing mine, and that's one of the stories I talk about is being at a kid's soccer game, and you look down, and everybody's on their phone, they're in their cars, they're not paying attention, they're not present. And what would you do if you could just be intentional with your child during that moment? Because they're always looking, they're always watching. They don't measure currency in dollars, by the way. They don't care. Yep. They their currency is time. Yeah. They know if you've given it to them or not. Yep. Spend Our it fourth- wisely. Our fourth and final one is if you could sit down and eat a bowl of ice cream with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? I would love to go back and have ice cream with my grandpa. Why? I don't know. I just went there with it because, uh, man, that my grandpa had Parkinson's when he was young or when I, when I was young and, but he taught me so much about just being grit, right? Like, my grandpa grew up on a farm and I cherish the times that I, I spent a lot of time when I was young at my grandpa's house and he would take me coon hunting and he would, he taught me so much about life. And I mean, he had good coon dogs too. And that, you know, I'd, I just, I'd always see him work and, um, you know, feed all the cattle, feed the pigs. Um, just, he was just consistent. And it, I look back and I wish I would, as an adult, I would love to sit there and talk to him and tell him, the lessons he taught me as well. Yeah. Well, Corey, fantastic conversation. If our listeners wanted to reach out to you, learn more about you or grab a copy of the book, where is the best place we can point? Yep. Them? The books, uh, you know, book four eight zero five hundred one one two seven. But honestly, you can go to Kahuna investments.com. That's our website. Um, click in to get in our deal room or, uh, uh, you know, we're always available. My team's available. We have, we have now 52 employees in our company. So it's, wow. it's kind of crazy. It's a, it's a large, it's a larger company now. And, um, but I love it. And, uh, we're, we're here to serve. Awesome. Well, we will link those in the show notes and then Corey, thanks for coming on the show. Matt, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to ice cream with investors. If you like what we serve you here, it would mean the world to me. If you would like subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast app.